What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Tone Stith over Zoom video. Tone was born and raised in New Jersey and talks about how he got into music. Comes from a musical household. His dad's a drummer and his mom was the choir director at their church. So he started playing drums at a very early age, three years old is when he got his very first drum set. He talked about how his mom discovered his ability to sing around seven years old. He started playing piano around 11 and then guitar at 17. Tone was in the marching band. He talked a little bit about that and a group that he started while he was in high school. And they did a cover of a Justin Bieber song, put it up on YouTube. And Justin Bieber ended up seeing the song having his team reach out to Tone and his group. They moved to LA and got signed. While he was in that group, he actually had a chance to meet Chris Brown, showed Chris Brown a bunch of music he was working on, and Chris Brown ended up cutting his song, Liquor. And that song went on to be a massive hit. So that kind of took Tone into the world of producing and songwriting for other artists. Chris Brown was actually the person that told him he needed to pursue his own project as an artist he's like man you can sing you can dance you can play you need to be an artist so tone talked about kind of leaving the production songwriting world to focus on his artist project he talks about some of the early tours and validation he got again from actually covering other artists songs having those artists reach out to him and either sharing it or asking him to tour with them so he talks about that uh, we hear about the FWM album, the huge success of the title track from that album. He talks to us about the song, Do I Ever, which features Chris Brown. They had that for a number of years. They would release little snippets. And at one point, a fan was able to put together all the snippets, kind of line it up into a song or the version of the song they thought it sounded like and put it up on YouTube and that ended up becoming a viral song. So Tone and his team were like, we need to get this song out. So uh, they released Do I Ever with Chris Brown. And that was on the still FWM album in 2021. And we hear about all the new music he's been working on. The song Girls Like You and the new single I Need You, which has a really, really unique story attached to that as well. You can watch our interview with Tone on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Tone Stith. Fantastic to meet you. First off, where were you born and raised? So I, I was born in uh, Voorhees, New Jersey, um, raised in, in New Jersey, pretty much. I live in Philly for some parts, but uh, raised in Jersey. Cool. Yeah. So Jersey, what was that like? I mean, growing up there? Uh, for me, Jersey was like the part that I lived in is a uh, very suburban. So I lived in the like the woods almost. And it was amazing for oh, wow. me because it was just really peaceful. So I didn't, I didn't grow up in like the city or like the fast pace. It was very like, okay, I came home and I literally would just focus on music or just playing basketball. And that was, that was literally my life. 
<laughs> so that's why I'm here today. <laughs> I had a lot of time wow. plans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I I grew up in the suburbs as well, and then I moved to to San Francisco, and it was just like a. It's so different living in a city versus uh, the burbs, but yeah, I, I, don't know, I love the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a suburb. I can't not nothing against the city, but I'm I can't. I, I'm not the city guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit overwhelming at times. Right, imagine. right. Yeah, it's not me. Um, do you come from like a musical household at all, or artistic? Absolutely. Household? So, um, growing up, my mom, uh, she, you all, I, I went to church, and just music was obviously in church my mom was in the choir uh, my dad is a drummer also and oh, wow. um just growing up it was just like i, I had no choice <laughs> i was i was <laughs> literally forced to be a musician um when i was three they bought me my first drum set because i used to take my mom's like hats and i had these little bongos and i used to take spoons and then act like i'm playing the drums so they was like all right let's get them let's get them an actual drum set so i'm not beating up my mom's hats and, and messing sure. them up um, so I, I started my journey with drums at three. Um, as I got older, I say about like, um, like 10 or 11, I moved to playing the keys and, um, that, you know, that was a whole nother aspect of music that I fell in love with. And then about 17, 18, I picked up guitar and that just kind of, that just took it all the way from me. Oh, wow. <laughs> So you started off in the church. Like, was that something that you played in like the gospel band or the worship yeah, band or so something like that? A lot, a lot of people would think because I, you know, growing up in church, it was like, oh, you sang in church and, and, and yeah. that. Um, I didn't sing a lot in church, even though my mom was a choir director. I kind of was, I was shy about my voice. So I was like, since I'm good at instruments, I'm going to just, my mom played the drums and she'll be like, oh no, you, you need to sing this time. I'm like, who's going to play the drums though? So I'm like, I was always going to the, the instruments in church. <laughs> so i mean that's pretty I, i've spoke to a lot of artists that started in the church which is like yeah. you're 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 going you know probably playing multiple times a week not only that but yeah. you're playing to a, a, an audience right I right mean, right so you, you have like a built-in audience there every sunday <laughs> exactly right right which kind of it, it kind of builds you up for the stage <laughs> right yeah i would imagine then you kind of get used to playing with not only with other people but in front of people as well right exactly yep absolutely yeah um at three years old though i have a seven-year-old and we got him a drum set uh electric one because i didn't want to nice. drive my neighbors yeah. nuts but um <laughs> we got him one at about like when the beginning of covid so he was about four or five um gotcha. like three i mean did you play like a regular kit like yeah so they got me like uh my first kit it was i mean it was obviously like a little junior kit where it was like yeah. the bass drum and then the little two drums attached with the cymbal in the middle but then as I got, I would say like maybe like seven, eight, I got my first like real, real drum set. And um, yeah, it wasn't electric. I, I wish I had an electric. I always wanted electric as a kid. But um, they got me a real, the real deal. So I had like my time <laughs> slots to play the drums because like, yeah, I'll drive my parents crazy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, when they got me a real kid, that's when it was like, oh, OK, like. I'm in it for real, like in band and school and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, my heart is in it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you played in like what the marching band or jazz? Yeah, band I was in marching band. I was in jazz band. Um, I mean, concert band, obviously you got to take an yeah. elective, but, um, but yeah, jazz band and marching band, I was competing. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool. Like the, the competitive level of that. Like, yeah. um, yeah, I remember our school's band was pretty good. Like they would, 
travel all over the place did you would you right. play in the marching band where you like the snare oh, drum I was, I was i was bass five i so interesting story it's like a nick cannon's drum line i couldn't read music but i can mm. like put a drum set in front of me i could play whatever you want me to play but um i was not i couldn't read music like that so um you know all the people that were really good at reading music they were on the snare drum and they knew I was talented. So they was like, look, man, we want you in the marching band. We're just going to put you on bass five. Bass five, if you don't know what that is, it's the sure. biggest bass drum that they have. So I was I was out there carrying this, like, man, maybe. Oh, yeah, the thing on your shoulders and what you, yeah, like, the size on my of shoulder, it. And then the bass <laughs> drum is just huge. And, like, people don't understand. That builds character because in, in the summertime, you have band camp. That's real. And we would go to like, I forget where we would travel, but it was like, it wasn't too far, um, but it was definitely in the middle of the woods. Like there's multiple bands staying at the campgrounds and stuff like that. And you would, you know, practice and get your stuff together for the season. Mm -hmm. And they would have you out there like 6 a.m. on the field, you know, running, doing drills and stuff like that. You would thought I was playing football. <laughs> you have so, to but, i would imagine yeah have some sort of strength and stamina to be holding listen, that big drum <laughs> they put you through a whole course to be able but I, i'm telling you I, I needed it because it was like yo listen this is a heavy drum like this is people don't understand how big bass five actually is <laughs> oh yeah okay. i remember I'm the kids glad. walking around with it i'm like oh my gosh like right just, right <laughs> And then you have to like you, it's like you got to do almost like choreography on the field. You know what I'm saying? You got to uh -huh. it's, it's a whole thing. So I was like, man, I did it Discipline. one year and I was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you said piano as well or keys? You played that? Yeah. So I, on those I played. Um, I played a little bit of keys. I wouldn't say like I'm like the craziest player, but I, I played a little bit of keys enough to get me uh producing by like. 11 12 that's when i was introduced to like fruity loops and things like that and started making beats okay and what about writing like i mean aside from that like you said you kind of were afraid to sing but you're you have an incredible voice was that something that <laughs> came and like, um, like like when did you start singing so when i tell the story um i would say like seven so when i was about seven years old my mom uh she recorded me singing along to a Tyler Perry play. It's when he was doing like Medea's family reunion, but it was uh -huh. in play form. Um, and I didn't know she was recording me. She kind of snuck in there. She heard me the first time was kind of like, oh, he's really, he's really singing. Like he's not being shy today. Let me see what's really going on. So she was like, hey, do that again. I'm gonna record you. But I mean, she didn't tell me that, but she was like, do that again. Uh -huh. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, whatever. So she recorded me um, and I have this recording of me at seven years old singing one of the songs from the play. And I think that was the moment that she realized like, oh, he can, he's actually like really like retaining the information and like really doing these runs and singing these scales and stuff like that. And I think that's when it really became serious for my mom to be like, hey, you know, all right, since I'm a singer, let me teach you some things and let me show you the ropes so, you know, you can, you know, get better. So I say like seven years old is when I like started coming out of my show. Okay. And then yeah. obviously, so that's cool to have, I mean, to have your mom be the, the, the choir director. So you probably had, you know, voice lessons at home. And then did she put Absolutely. you in the choir at school? Listen, she or, was I mean, on school, me. But she would church. tell me like, she would tell me, See, it's a little different when it's your mom, because it's like, all right, mom, like, <laughs> come on now. Like, you just, 
she'll tell me if I'm sharp or flat all the time. She's like, mm -mm, raise it up, raise that note up, raise that note up, hit that <laughs> note, you under, you flat. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it's great. It's, it was great. I thought you were going to say, oh, yeah, like I just assumed that she said I was good because I was her kid. But right. oh, no, no, she no, no, was no. like, she was the, it was like the other way around. Like, yeah, she, was she would tell me you. if I was bad. She's like, you're not about to be out here embarrassing me like this. <laughs> <laughs> Did she put you in then the, the church choir? Um, A few times she got me to sing lead on some songs. But, yeah, I was just more interested in playing the music, man. I was like, yeah. that's what really had my heart. So I was like, mom, you know, I, I'll sing if you want me to, but I'm, I'm going to really play the drums. Okay. <laughs> Um, when you started, you said you started producing too, once you, you know, started learning the, the keys a bit, yeah. was that something like, you know, make it after you were started to make beats, when did you start like kind of pen, uh, you know, writing your own songs or trying to come up with your I would own songs? Say that was like, um, the songwriting came maybe early teenage years. So I'll say like maybe 13 or 14. And it was when my dad really questioned me. It was like, look, man, you make all these beats like all the time, every day. Like, you know, what are you going to do with it? You know, and back then I'm like, I don't care. I'm just, I love it. I'm gonna make a having million fun. more. Yeah. Right. I'm having <laughs> fun. Um, but then it, it really hit me as I got older. I was like, you know what? I do need to put words to this. You know, I do have a voice. I can sing what, what actually would I do? So I started to challenge myself and be like, all right, let me make this type of song. Let me record this cover. Let me, you know, let, let, let me see what I could do with it. And that really opened up the world of singing to me, um, especially once I started, like, doing covers and remaking people's songs and things like that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I started learning more. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And th was that through high school that was, you're doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. High school is when I really was like, okay, let's, let's get serious. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, like, the first song that you were like, oh, this is really in your standards, you know, good enough to show people, right? Like, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm going to show people or were like, did you, like, do you remember yeah, what yeah. that moment? Um, I remember I did a um, cover of, uh, it was a Michael Jackson song called um, Stranger in Moscow. And I did a cover of it. I found the song, learned it, and was like, yo, I like this song a lot. Did a cover of it. And I remember I played it for my parents and their reaction was just like, you know, like, you know, not because they're my parents, but it was like, yo, this is good. Like, this is really good. So they're sending it to like my family. Like now my grandma's calling me like, oh my God, I heard your new song. And then I'm just all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, it's a cover, y'all. It's not even that serious. But, <laughs> but um, after that, that's when I was like, oh, okay. All right, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. And then I also was in a, a group at the time. Um, and... Uh, one of my best friends, his name is Desmond Dennis. We really were figuring out the music thing together, like recording each other and writing songs and just making music together. So that really like pushed me in that direction to like take it serious. Okay. And did you end up going to like college or anything for for music or nah, just, no college? I remember uh, I remember having that argument with my parents <laughs> like maybe like junior year because that's when they started talking about like you know SATs and stuff like that and I remember being like I'm not doing SAT prep I'm not going to any Saturday classes I know that once I graduate that's it I'm, I'm going to do music and then the following year after I graduated my group ended up getting signed and we moved to LA and that's how I ended up in LA so oh wow okay so <laughs> did you had what like a band at that point yeah, or, I was in okay. I was in a group, um, a small group. We never, we weren't anything like you know big or anything like that. But we well, you were got signed. I mean, that's... we were we were discovered <laughs> on YouTube uh, by Justin Bieber. 
which is pretty crazy. We no covered one way. of his songs. Oh my, and, okay, I want to hear this story. So you yeah, guys were doing no, what, absolutely. like co- cover songs on YouTube? Yeah, so we, we would, I mean, we put out our own music, but then we really just got heavy into the covers and things like that. Um, and yeah, ironically, we covered Heartbreaker by Justin and he found our song and, um, oh, well, he found the cover and the person he was with that day, his name is Jazz Prince. And he mm-hmm. was like, yo, showed him the video. was like, yo, these kids are dope. This, this and that. We got to, you know, get them out here. I want to meet them. This, this and that. So Jazz is blowing us up and he's like, you know, we don't know who he is at the time. We see this guy who's verified on Twitter, just like, yo, I need to really get in touch with y'all. We're like, mm, I don't know, bro. I don't know who you are. But then it was like a week straight. We was like, all right, this must be serious. Ended up um, uh, talking to him. And uh, if you don't know Jazz, it was was responsible for Drake being signed to Lil Wayne and and so on but um so once we met with him he you know loved us ended up signing us moved us to la and that was like that's what really started the journey yeah <laughs> wow what was that like i mean you know once you find out who who he really or like that this is legit and he's done all these huge things like you remember like going to your parents and being like see like this is yeah. like, I need to do this music thing and were, were they hesitant or anything about you moving no to LA? you know what my, my parents were always um super supportive um Mm -hmm. so like they even though obviously you know they they were serious about like education and things like that they were always supportive of uh my music career because like you know they didn't want me out here getting in trouble and things like that and they were in music music. too you said what i said they were into music as well i mean they're exactly yeah they understood you know um but they yeah they just was you know if i needed a keyboard if i needed some instruments if i needed you know whatever i needed they always made sure i had it um but once the group got you know signed and discovered and all that they were like oh okay like okay this is real you know this is a real deal this is really happening so they were extra supportive at that point it was like okay you know y'all are going to california like you know laying down the ground rules and stuff like that but yeah always supportive wow so once you get to 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 la and you kind of meet with these people how long does the group stay stay together? And then how does, you know, what's kind of the next step? Cause like you've worked with so many big artists and, yeah. uh, you know, wrote, wrote for, you know, Chris Brown and he's on your records and, and yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure that was um, later down the line, but like once you yeah. get there and realize well, the first, this is the legit, first time, you know? first time we met Chris, uh, we were still a group and this oh. probably was about 2014. Um, and we, Chris was having like a studio session and he hit jazz up. and was like, yo, bring the group, bring the group by. I want to meet him. Heard a lot about him. Um, so we go by and he's in there recording. I think like Sean Kingston was in there. It was just, it was crazy. So oh, wow. it was just like, yo, what is going Like, you know, what's going on? Um, and for me, that was huge because that was one of my biggest goals. It's like, yo, I need to meet Chris Brown. I need to work with Chris Brown. Um, so when I met him, I was like, yo, this is crazy. And he was done recording. He came out of the booth and, you know, met us and then was just like, yo, you know, you got any music? You got any music? Anything you want to play me or something like that? And I'm like, do I? I'm like, I got like, <laughs> I got a whole folder, man. So I ended up playing him a ton of new music um, and he's just loving everything. Um, and that wow. night, later that night, he hits uh, jazz and he's like, bro, I need you to send me whatever tone was playing me in the, in the studio send it to me, please. Like whatever, this, this, and that. So I'm, I'm making my folder. I send it over to him. Next thing I know, um, about like, 
I say maybe like a few months later, we're in 2015 at this point, he's like recording uh, liquor and we're at record plant. And um, he's just knocking all these songs out just in, in the course of like two nights. And I'm just like, this is insane, bro. This is my life now. Like, um, so that was a crazy experience. And then after uh, he cut the records, maybe the, the next year, Liquor was released in 2016. So mm-hmm. um, his manager at the time reached out to us and was like, yo, Liquor's going to be the first single off of the you know the project and sure enough it was the first single um and it was played on like iheart like every hour at the top of the hour so for me i was just like what is happening bro like this is this is insane like this is a song i made in my bedroom (laughs) and now it's like on (laughs) iheart radio every hour and stuff like that so that was a, a huge moment for me well yeah talk about validation like oh my god not only did you want to like dream of meeting chris brown but then he loves what you're doing yeah sing you know uses the your song and then it's like a huge hit on the radio as well i remember because i come from radio so i did that for a long time and i and i've worked a lot on the alt in the alt radio side but every station i worked for there was always a top 40 station in the building and i remember that song being played all like every (laughs) yeah like twice an hour (laughs) no 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 it was but it was one of those things like if they caught if they if the station pumped the song you was like you could hear it like every you know twice an hour easily yeah and so was, i just remember was, liquor when i saw that you you wrote that i was like damn like that's it was crazy. incredible man just like you know at the time I, I was like 19 when i made the song 2021 when it was released and and it was just crazy because it was just like you know, for me, it was the first time ever hearing something I did on the radio, but like, not only like, it's not like it was just like the local station. It was like, it was iHeartRadio. And that's why I was like, oh, yo, what's happening? So like all my friends <laughs> from high school, everybody's freaking out, you know, and now in town, I'm like the, the, the town, oh, the hero. name. So, yeah. Like, yeah, right, right, town, right. Look at that. He's on the radio. <laughs> right. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Did that change? I mean, obviously, um, it had to change your your career. But like, was having that moment with 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 Chris Brown cutting a song of yours? Did that pull you more of like, okay, well, you're like away from the group at that point, or were you kind of doing both things? And were you being reached out to by a bunch of other artists? Like, oh, like, yeah. oh, he worked with Chris Brown. He he with liquor. We we want to use him for whatever you know production right, on right. the song. So, so by the time um, Liquor came out, yeah, the group had separated. And um, um, for me, it was like, like you said, it was a lot of producers, a lot of writers, a lot of publishing companies reaching out. So I was doing like a ton of sessions, you know, just trying to f- figure out where I was going to go. Um, and at the time, I really didn't want to be an artist because, you know, I was in a group for a long time. And I was just kind of like, hey, I like this, you know, producing and writing thing you know i'm cool Mm -hmm. with it but what really changed it was when i when i met up with chris and um chris was really the one that was just like yo you could play you could sing you could dance bro like what are you like come on you gotta be doing this bro this is what it's all about and um to get that validation from him was just like okay you know what now i'm tripping like (laughs) like i mean all right (laughs) hold on you're right you're right bro so um, once that happened, it was really like, OK, 2016, I started taking my solo career like all the way serious. Um, and that was the same year I ended up going on tour with uh, Bryson Tiller and 
um just it just all started happening at one time and 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 yeah man that was the year well and then, so yeah so once he kind of tells you you should also you know you should do your 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 own project it's like go get out there <laughs> yeah i mean at that point are you like okay so were you still kind of simultaneously doing your production stuff or working as a writer or was it like okay i'm just gonna focus on me and trying to do my record and see what i'm gonna do for a while it was um definitely still you know doing the production stuff and 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 sessions and things like that for a while um but then eventually i did i ended up not signing to anybody on publishing and um i was just like you know what let me just focus on the artist thing you know what i'm saying it's, mm-hmm. it's 2016 the momentum from liquor is going i was like you know let's just let me just do that and um yeah that's kind of the route i took and once you decided on okay i'm gonna just go as a solo artist was there like a song or a moment that happened that even validated that decision because i can imagine like if you're like okay i'm gonna just try the solo thing yeah. and then or you my artist project thing and then what if if no one gravitates towards it, then right, it's like, right. oh, like, did I do the right? You know what I mean? Like, was there like yeah. something that obviously something that had to validate you? Well, man, having tours and all those things, but like when you went on your own, what you was that like a like a terrifying thing or no? It was it was yo, it was very terrifying for me because you know all the times that I performed, I was used to being on stage with two other members, you know, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was just me. It was like okay, I'm out here with my brothers, so. You know, it's like, you know, I shared the stage, but um, the first time performing, it was kind of like without them was like, yo, OK, what am I? It's all on me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's looking <laughs> yeah. at me. Um, but what started to happen was I, I started doing more covers at the time. Um, that's kind of how I got in touch with Bryson. I, I redid his song Exchange on SoundCloud. And I remember it just like it took off and went viral. Um, and then he ended up hearing it and then reposting it on SoundCloud so then I, I met Bryson. He was like, yo, I want you to do these shows with me. I did probably about like, I don't know, I'll say like six or seven shows with him on uh, his uh, Trap Soul tour. And then um, the same thing happened when I covered uh, Kehlani's song. I, I covered uh, You Should Be Here. And she ended up seeing it and ended up posting it up and like, yo, you know, showing love. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) But um, when I started covering other artists' songs and they started like really reaching out and just being like, yo, this you're dope, you know, that was that was giving me even more encouragement and you know the confidence to really be an artist. So yeah, man. Then then once that happened, I was just kind of on my, I was in my pocket, you know, I was in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a cool, like, I mean, to to start off with Justin Bieber and then having other artists that you're doing their covers, find it and yeah. be like, Whoa, like, yeah, you know, you're like three for three on that. Right. right? right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no misses. No misses. Yeah. yeah. No misses. To have then that uh, the artists that you're doing the song or cover song of reach out to you or share it or whatever. Like, yeah, that's, I, I've never heard that story before. That's great. It, it it's an incredible feeling, man. It's, it, I mean, it's <laughs> unique for me because I, I was, uh, I would say I was on the early side of it. Um, you know, now it's like, that's what everybody's doing, but I was, I remember doing that when it was first like new, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that was cool because that really worked out in my favor with my career. Um, and it ended up, you know, getting me signed with like RCA and everything like that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So you put out, um, you had a couple albums out before like the pandemic happened. So yeah. I mean, your your career was building and you're you're going and going and going, and then that shuts everything down. So tell me about like the time period of like what were you were you on tour? Were you working on a record because you put out uh, FWM? in 2021 yeah. but like in that interim period how did that like, so stop you i mean or well, never mind go ahead well no 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 i mean <laughs> it, it did it, it stopped everybody i mean um yeah what was crazy was at the time i had just signed with my with new management um and you know we were really like kicking it off and like it was it was starting to roll like we started building that momentum things were good doing a ton of sessions and then um and COVID just boom, right? Yeah. So, you know, it really made me kind of sit down, all of us sit down and really like ask ourselves, okay, like what, what's the next step? You know, what are we, what are we going to, what are we going to accomplish in these next few years? And um, it really just made me sit down and kind of figure myself out as an artist, um, what that goal was, what my music was going to be about. And once the, you know, the pandemic started coming towards the end time and, you know, things were just more free and we could travel and stuff like that. Again, um, we ended up going back out to LA and that's when we recorded the FWM project. So we FWM and, and all that stuff on it. And once that happened, it was like, it started doing this again. So the moment oh, yeah. started building up <laughs> and FWM actually, still to date is my biggest song um and it just kind of took a life of its own just out of nowhere so i'm just i was just like at that time it was just like oh okay it's, it's, it's happening again you know but it was cool because i was with a new team um you know everybody was working in conjunction with each other things were like really you know organized and moving and um so now i'm i'm where i'm at now because of that build up from FWM and, and, and FWM part two and do I ever and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. when you were those songs, cause yeah, yeah. You have FWM and then still FWM. Like were those all written kind of in the same time period or so, no, those. So all of FWM was made, I would say in 2021, the first, okay. the first one. Oh, wow. Still FWM was songs from like 2019. Um, 2020 and then uh do i ever was actually made in 2017 then chris that was, it was just a record we were holding on to chris actually got on it in 2018 and it was just kind of in the catalog for a long time we we're just always trying to find that right place to like you know okay maybe we should put it out now or maybe we should you know what i'm saying it's always trying to mm -hmm. find that right setup and um it just never seemed like it was the right time and then when we were making a track list for still FWM uh, part two, um, it was just like, okay, you know, now we got the, the correct track list, you know what I'm saying? And it just fell together perfectly. Um, and I still, I think that's a fan favorite project now. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's crazy. Like to have that song, just, you know, it's probably a hit. You're like, okay, I got Chris yeah. Brown on this song. But yeah. to hold it for a long that must have been probably hard to do. Like, oh, oh I really want to, you know, to keep Don't it around for that started, many years. <laughs> Don't get me started. It was like, it was like just knowing that you have the the one, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, just yo, sitting have, there. 
we have it. What are we doing? But I'm I'm glad we didn't rush it. I'm glad I'm glad it came out when it came out because I think it was perfect. It uh, and it ended up taking a life of its own. Obviously, you know Chris Brown is on it. Um, but yeah, man, we had that for a while. <laughs> That's wild. What, what really did it actually um was fan. So you know, obviously, you get excited about. Oh, sorry, my alarm's going off. So obviously you get excited about, um, uh, you know, records that you have in a catalog. And, and when they sit for a while, you know, you're like, hey, you know, let me let me preview something for y'all. Let me show y'all a snippet. So it got to a point where it was like me and, and a few other people, we would be showing so many snippets that the fans actually actually made like a montage of the song. Now, it was like low quality horrible mixing you know sounded terrible right but they put each part together with the song it ended up going up on youtube probably like i'll say like 2020 or like late 2019 somebody put it up on youtube and the youtube the video ended up blowing up and going viral like tone stiff and, and chris brown have song together and you know whatever and they, so it's like this horrible low quality like you know put together thing from a fan but it went viral and that's what really put the heat under the song too because it like just had a it carried a life of its own and so we were like all right we're not gonna miss this opportunity we're gonna put the song out and that's how it came out (laughs) oh my gosh was the was the fan edit clip like pretty close to how the whole song actually sounded or um, were you like uh i mean it's not as far as like quality but like no was no, it right. structured like, the correct way <laughs> um like my whole verse was like cut off oh <laughs> so it was like it was like the end of my verse, like a little bit of my my verse and then like the chorus christmas verse and then the chorus but that was it so we're like, now nah, we gotta we gotta get the song out now. Yeah, like, can't have them listen to the wrong version. Right, right, right. <laughs> So the pro you've been working on a project that you released, mm-hmm. um, Girls Like You, you know, fairly recently. Tell me about yeah. that song. Man, so uh Girls Like You, it it definitely comes from a real place. Um the the space I'm in right now when it comes to my music is just making sure that I'm writing about all uh real life experiences. Um, because I feel like that's the that's where you'll get to tell your story the best and that's what I'll connect to best as an artist. But um mm-hmm. girls like you, man, it's just it's it's about the women out here, uh, for us good guys, you know, that try to do the right thing and and you know try to be good examples, um, that still get done dirty. You know what I mean? And I wanted to make that song because uh there's a lot of people, men and women, um, that, you know, have that first heartbreak that really messes it up for like everybody else. I don't know. After my first situation where that happened to me, it was like, I'm not trusting nobody, you know? Right. <laughs> like, Guards oh. up, the walls I are was up. Like it was good for a whole year. And then next thing you know, bang, I'm like, Oh, what happened? So it, it, it really had an effect on me in the, the next relationships that I went through. Um, so I wanted to make a song like that for everybody that, that, that goes through that. Cause I know I'm not the only one. I love that, man. And then uh, you have I Need You is the newest one coming out. Yeah. So I need you. Um, so backtracking a little bit um, back, you know, coming back to my childhood. Um, my parents, from the time I was born, probably to like uh, 11, 12, 
early 13, um, they were split. So my, they, they actually weren't together. And I, you know, live with my mom and I'll see my dad on weekends. Um, you know, the typical, you know, story like that. And it was crazy because I got to see both sides of it. I got to see my mom. She, you know, she struggled as a single mom, dad yeah. struggling as a you know, single dad um, and just trying to make it work. And then at a certain point, they got back together and they've been no married. Way. They've been married ever since. They remarried um, and they've married ever since. That's an uh, incredible story. Wow. That's yeah. you know how rare that is. Wow. It's super. That's yeah. And, and you know what was crazy is like, I didn't really know how rare that story was until I got older, you know, and then realized like, oh, you know, most people when their parents split, they split for good, you know, right. and that's that. Um, but I got to really see love firsthand. And that's what this EP is about. You know, I wanted to share my experience, um, you know, about love and, and and what it means to me. And I think this generation really needs some guidance. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to that, a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, they're just very quick on if it's not working, then just throw it up in the air and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to see that, like you know, with my parents, they really made it work. You know, it wasn't easy, and I got and I've seen a lot of things um, within that process. But they're together now. You know, what I'm saying still till you know this day. So it it, it, it you know, love is about choosing the person that you want to be with and always making that choice. Um, so I need you is sort of made in the image of my parents and, um, you know, the song says, I need you, you know, it took some time to realize that I need you. So that's like the, I wanted to make a modern day, you know, love song just for the, for this generation, man. No, I'm tired of the toxic stuff, even though I'm a little toxic in girls like you, I'm tired of the toxic, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Undertone. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. I mean, cause like you said, this generation or our generation, it could be, oh, there's a shiny object over here. Oh, you know, I'm going to jump. Yep. And then it's like, right. I don't want to, you know, uh, kill my ego or go back. It's like right. this whole pride. I don't know. It's weird yeah. but like to have your family or to have your parents split and then get back together and then stay. I mean, that's such a unique, unique story. Yeah, man. I, I miss a blessing, bro. And I'm, I'm glad I got to experience that just as a, a artist, songwriter, too. You know, it really helps me pull from a different place when I'm making music, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially about love. You know, you can write about love in all types of types of ways. So for me, it was like, OK, I got another source, you know, to pull pull from and tap into. Yeah, 100 percent. Well, thank you so much uh, for doing this, Tone. This has been fantastic. You have such an incredible story. I appreciate appreciate your time today. I have one more question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, man. You know what? Um, I tell everybody that's that's doing it is like, listen, man, be fully committed. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, in the modern day setup is like, hey, you need to have a plan to fall back on. But for me, I, I I pride myself in always saying I never had a plan B. I've been saying that since I was a kid. And I'm like, yo, I got plan A and that's it. And, um, you know, now I'm here. So, you know, it's about, you know, hard work, dedication. Um, but it's also about having faith and believing in what you can do, you know. Um, so my advice is just to keep going forward, even if it looks a certain way, you know, even if it looks like it's not promising or it's not happening in those moments, that's usually where, 
the best things happen or turn around when you want to quit or when it feels like, oh my God, what am I doing? Um, so, you know, just keep pushing forward no matter what. <laughs>